stretching the cat on that one. It is 19 minutes before the hour here on the Draw Large Radio Show. This segment brought to us by Manchester Mayor Ted Gatsis. He says Manchester's undergoing a renaissance. And he's crafted a blueprint to harness that energy. Among the things the mayor has proposed are changes to the city's conflict of interest policies. He says, as your mayor, I will set up an independent commission to review the standards of conduct and rules of ethics for elected officials in the city and charge them with bringing forward a policy through the char- through a charter change. The voters of Manchester aldermen should be held accountable when they vote on contracts that involve their family members and should not be able to sweep charter violations under the rug. Learn more about the mayor's 12-point plan at tedgatzis.com slash plan. That's tedgatzis.com slash plan. I just want to clarify that. It's not a – Manchester's not going through a renaissance. It's a gatzis A gatzis It's like a single-handed project. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. I, I'm always impressed with how much he knows. I, a lot of times I stay over when he's here. Yeah. I mean, you pick an issue in Manchester, he's got it to the molecular level. Yes, Good he guy. does. He's done very well. Yes, he does. And uh, that's probably why, you know, you, I looked up that quote that you were talking about. Uh, oh, Mark Twain? Yeah. It says, in the first place, God made idiots. That was for practice that he made school boards. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, that's you. That's that. That's going to be the, uh, the the graphic. You know, the feature photo for the uh, Mark Twain for the last segment. Very sharp individual. And I'll just wrap up on this. And you can, you know, you can bleed this over or whatnot. Um, uh, just do one archive with Ed Nail this morning. The voter fraud, the school board stuff. I, I, I'll wrap this. I'm actually not upset that they made those false accusations because I knew how it was going to work out. They got creamed in the Sunday newspaper. For those of you who who read the. Uh, the city hall column. I mean, it just laid bare naked the whole ugly, you know, perverse, personal, you know, underlying reasons for all of this. And, and, waste, and waste of tax dollars and time. Oh, total waste of tax dollars. So I actually am thrilled that they showed themselves, as it said in the paper, for who and what they are. If I have any irritation at all, it's that it's a complete and total distraction, a waste of time and money. And, you know, it only continues to make the board look bad. All these meatballs running around saying, oh, we need professional development to learn how to be a school board. And people like Erica Connors, who have been every bit, frankly, a part of the problem um, on her time on the board. I mean, what Erica says in public session and what she says in private session are often two very different things. She's smart. I'll give her credit. She learns from the, you know, from the from you know, the, the criticism that she takes and that she figures out a way to do what she wants. Anyway, she's all of a sudden the best buddy of the superintendent of schools. I can tell you flat out that wasn't always the case. But, gee, it's election time and he's proven to be pretty popular. Yeah. So now she's working with the with the superintendent on how to improve board behavior, conduct, governance and all this other fun stuff. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. How about your own conduct? You have some school board members that just red flag themselves oh. not to vote for. Absolutely. I mean, you so, try and get good people on school boards and or any board. And you know, you're out till eleven o'clock at night arguing over nonsensical <laughs> stuff. Everybody should know how the right to know law works, or you shouldn't be on the board. Well, it's basic stuff. Exactly. Well, they have the right to know commission saying education. But you know what? I mean, you mean to tell me Nancy Tesser, who'd been an assistant superintendent, didn't know? Come on. She's been through this before somewhere right. else, man. This you know, people, you know, trying to, you know, have an equivalence between what I did and what she did as, oh, a mistake or an indiscretion. or And when I, I flatly pushed back on that and said, this is no indiscretion. 
This was no mistake. This was no violation of the law. This was me clerking a meeting. By the way, what do you think I was doing in the 16 pages of notes I took from that two-hour session? I was recording you by a different method. Oh, which reminds me, I have to go back over those notes because the clerk has now written up the minutes, and because I clerked the meeting, I have to give the certification. I have to attest to them. Oh, another illegal act. So I ha- Yeah, <laughs> right. So I have to go through all of what she wrote up and make sure that it is consistent with my notes and memory. Oh, and the and, audio I no longer have. And the lawyer, uh, client lawyer privacy deal, mm-hmm. the, uh, that, that nonsense. Yeah. The attorney-client privilege yeah. on some of this stuff. Yeah. I have a little trouble believing that's true with all the documents you have coming from your attorney that they're all attorney-client privilege. And just to reiterate this, um, we had lawyers ma- uh, making the same argument that their billing records to municipalities, which I mm-hmm. deal with most often, are attorney-client privilege. Yeah. They went to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court said, uh, no, your legal bills to the municipality are open except for the, the, anything to do with the case. So I can take those bills, and they're almost 90% of those bills is now open to the public because of, they were foolish enough to go to court and uh, they have they make up a number for a case and then how much was spent on it and the hours put in. And from that information, you can pretty much find out how many court cases are going on in a, in a town or a city and which ones are important, which ones they spend the money on, how many there are. All that information is in there. But in the beginning, it was attorney-client privilege. And I think that same case uh, placed against what you guys have with your attorney-client privilege with yeah. these letters, yeah. it would, your letters would be open. I think you're right, because I, I mean, I, I did read, you know, the, the test that the court established to determine whether or not it was truly covered it's by attorney-client to, privilege. It's supposed to be in the broadest of terms. Right. Well, the broadest terms, and they have to weigh the, uh, the, the public interest public in interest. knowing versus the, the, the body's interest in them not knowing. And there is no interest in the body at least to save its own face and not knowing that Rich Gerard did not violate the law, just like there is an interest in the public knowing how exactly Nancy Tessier broke the law. And does your school board know the right to know law in the first place? The, right, the, the, the public has a right to know that. Well, I don't know. I've had to speak well, up a couple times oh, in non-public man. sessions about the things under discussion. Yeah. One would think that the board clerk would be a little more aggressive in asserting that, but you know, she answers to the board and the majority is not always she in gets, favor of the law. She gets a pass. Law. Nancy Tessier doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So it's Jeez, uh, oh, man. It is. It it is what it is. But um, uh, I just so I, I'm thrilled. I mean, you know, it's Here's not great. Chance, to, it's not great to, to you know to go through it for any number of reasons. But it's happening within a week of an election now, and it's perfect out, timing. Out, hey, if listen. You want to be an idiot two week, a week or so before an election? Go right yeah. ahead. <laughs> So Manchester, it's it, it's it's up to you. And even though some of you uh, don't really have options on the ballot, you can always register your protest vote with the candidate that isn't the one who is um, voting to hide the illegalities of their friends while voting to persecute their enemies on bogus charges. Right in, we'll be looking at yeah. the ballot. You know, Ambrosi's a lawyer. You would think Ambrosi would know better. Now I realize she's an estate lawyer, and and there are all kinds of different variants in the law, but. Really? She must be really hacked off that I'm talking about her owning a $1.2 million house while she's taking 
you know, taxpayer-provided health insurance benefits from the city. I love all these people, by the way, who run around talking about how, you know, health, they're all for Obama, they all for Obamacare, they all think it's great, but when it comes time for them to go sign up for Obamacare because somebody lost a job or they need health insurance, they come running right to the city taxpayer and get the benefits from the Board of Aldermen or the Board of School Committee on the taxpayer's dime. What happened? If Obamacare is so great, why the hell aren't you using it? You're the one who voted for the jerk who gave it to us. And the jerks in our congressional delegation who voted for it, what is it? It's not, it's, it's too, it, not good enough for you, but it's good enough for the unwashed masses? Well, that's pretty much it. Anyway, you that, said that se- You summed it up. Th- this is the voter fraud segment. So. Oh, the voter fraud segment. Okay. <laughs> hey, while we're, on, we're talking about something as funny as voter fraud, Comedy Central contacted me. They want me to come on and... And be a guest. Comedy Central? Yeah, Comedy Central. <laughs> oh, boy. They must have been listening to your interviews yeah. here because you have me laughing my you-know-what off because yeah, the, of the absurdity of it all. Well, vo- voter fraud is hilarious. That's why Comedy Central would call. Or maybe they were trying to make a monkey out of me or something like that. But there'll be no returned calls to Comedy Central. Thank you. I'm not that much of a fool to uh, contact mm-hmm. them and go uh, and have everything I say edited down to the molecular level. Uh, so that, that's no, you should just do it with the caveat that you get to record the whole thing on your own so that if they if they if they set you up, you can release the video. Doesn't work that way. Yeah, I, well. I would be patted down, I imagine, or checked with some sort of a wand. Well, just tell them it's a con- it's just, <laughs> just tell them it's a condition of your participation. Yeah. My condition is I don't call Comedy Central back. No. <laughs> so Comedy Central so, wants you to do a voter fraud. Yeah, yeah. That's, Melissa that's or, or, or Melissa, somebody started their name started with an M. Uh, I won't be calling back. So don't bother bugging uh, our secretary again. And uh, I got th- that call. I got a call from somebody in Massachusetts who missed my appearance at the uh, Friday meeting of the the, uh, con- uh, the Man- Central Right uh, Coalition. Yeah, the Massachusetts uh, Taxpayer Group, the Citizens yeah, for the Citizen for the CLT. I went down there. He said that he was at the voter the uh, the values v- voter values summit. He goes, so you lost out to uh, Donald Trump. So, uh, uh, but I am going back down on the tenth of November with uh, Skip uh, Murphy from Granite Rock. Oh, yeah. So we're going to go back down because I get, I get good tips from the Massachusetts group when I get down there about their neighbors voting in New Hampshire and stuff. So that's always fun. <laughs> so we're going to get down there and do that. So I, that's an interesting call. Somebody from Massachusetts, hey, when's the next time you're coming down? <clears throat> and then uh, I got a call from the uh, up in Conway. There's a Republican group that wants, wants me to come up on uh, November 19th, I think it is. It's the uh, third Monday in November. And a couple of years ago, I went up and I gave them all handouts about voter fraud. And the guy called me up and said, you are 1,000% correct. We'd like to have you come back up, and uh, we'd like to learn what's, what else is going on. So it's, there's renewed interest in voter fraud as we get near mm-hmm. elections from various groups, Comedy Central, people from Massachusetts, <laughs> and then some Republicans who heard me about, I was probably three or four years ago. Wow. So I like the 1,000% correct thing. You know, I've been saying there's between five and 8,000 people from other states voting here. And thank you to Bill Gardner and uh, Speaker Jasper for proving there's at least 5,100 yeah. from, from one day, election day last year. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's beginning to be, be more entertaining, but not entertaining enough to be on Comedy Central, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, oh man. wow. So I, I don't know if you've had a chance, uh, I, maybe you heard the newsreader or whatnot, but the Right to Know Commission has... Uh, uh, Filed its final report. No. What, what needs to, in your opinion, Ed, without throwing, uh, asking you about the the report or any of its details? Because I've only skimmed it myself. Yeah, I'm and, done with that stuff. Yeah. yeah, but what what really needs to be done from a legislative point of view to the New Hampshire right to know law to make it work? We've done so much to it. 
I don't even I can't even remember it anymore. When I first started, nineteen ninety one. It's like I every went, time there's a problem, they pass a piece of pass. legislation that, but that that that, that sets up another, another series of two yeah. or three things. And you're eventually you're the guy with the broom and a shovel following the parade, right? And that's what we've turned this into. So you can't fix the right to know law by trying to argue what has happened the last time. Right. You have to have the courts follow the right to know law and enforce it, and uh, that's going to take new judges. Right. But it seems to me, though, that the law needs to be maybe entirely rewritten so that the mandate on providing information is a broad one, which basically says, you know, fine, give the definition of what a public record is. Say That, that was uh, been done years ago. The, the public is entitled to, uh, uh, to any and all available public records within this time frame and by any means uh, – uh, uh, available and requested so you don't have jerks like old metzler down in the superintendent's office in sau 55 saying okay we'll give it to you in electronic format but rather than emailing it to you we are going to uh require you to come in with an unopened it's like toys for tots you know it's it's like thumb drives for for you know for idiots here you go here's my unopened thumb drive that um, you know, I, or you can buy one from them for seven dollars and forty nine cents. Here's yeah. your unopened thumb drive, uh, and that's the only way they'll electronically transfer it. And then, oh by the way, we're not only going to make you spend eight bucks on a thumb drive, drive we're going to charge you for the document on a per page basis, even though we're only you know, you know, dragging and dropping from there the is, desktop to the thumb drive. There is no page. There is no page. No. But it's so, and you know what? And there should be no fees. Period. End of story. No fees unless it is. I you know I can see wanting to have some kind of cost recovery if someone's coming in and doing an archival research project that requires them to dig into documents from the 18th century. Uh, maybe, but I don't know how you define that. Well, you have a, a time time frame. So right. you know, within the last five years or something like you do something like that. But here's the thing: we the, we have a right to documents under the Constitution. Right. And then we have ninety one A. So, right. not, so, and so the have, law should be clear so that by any means requested, if available in the in the governing body. So if they can send it by email, if they can it send goes. it as an Excel spreadsheet, if they can send it as a searchable database, if they can send it in the format requested, then it ought to be an affirmative mandate under the law that it be sent as requested within a defined time frame, period, end of story. Get rid of all these little details here and there, a broad mandate in line with the Constitution and the Supreme Court's typical rulings on these things. Yeah, we've had, it is a broad mandate in the, in the, in the uh, Constitution. Yeah. You know, the government records are open to the public. And from that point on, you better have a really good reason for not handing it over. And right. time frames are, uh, yeah, it's laughable. What, why, we don't pay to go to selectments meetings, right? No. We don't pay to vote. No. We, don't, we don't pay to uh, lots of different things that, that are required uh, of public entities like your school board meetings and whatnot. Um, but we have to pay for something that's our right under the Constitution. Right. Well, uh, the only other one I can think of is court cases. They make you pay to go to court. I don't, I don't, have, to, I don't have to pay for uh, my Second Amendment rights or my free speech rights or my worship rights, or unless I donate to my church. But you know but, what I'm saying? It's just, where, where else? And they are, I know I, they're reluctant to give up documents because a lot of times when you're asking for documents, it's something they don't want to show you. That's one of the first things I learned in 1991 when I won my first right to know case. Boom, I got them, you know, and still <laughs> that lingers on. Um, it, uh, it, we, we try and, let's say, sweep up after the parade 
and you wind up making more of a mess of the, of the right to know law. It used to be pretty easy, and you could remember each little chapter, you know. Mm-hmm. But now we have penalties and remedies, and they're 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 a little more descriptive. Mm-hmm. The penalties and remedies. I think that should have been expanded, and not all the other exemptions. Yeah, there does need to be there. Uh, there does need to be something on penalties and remedies, and people should be held personally accountable. It should be a criminal and a civil uh, option. So that if you can, like, you got a guy like Metzler who willfully is violating it. It's and like he a toy for it. him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the the likelihood that they'll ever, uh, that, that you get the court to ever assess those damages. Well, they did to Tom Tardiff up in Laconia on the flip side. Yeah. Tom Tardiff asked for stuff over and over and over again to the point where it was, it could be easily be described as harassment, right? Mm-hmm. What did the court do? Hit him with $1,500 worth of legal fees. Right. Something, 1500 or 15000 somewhere in that neighborhood. But- they don't do that to the uh, superintendents that do this regularly. No. So that might be a, a good goal for the judges right. around here to say, you know, let's whack Metzler out of his pocket a couple of times or some of these other guys that do the and same see, thing. And that's why, you know, I, 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 Donna Green, when she won that Supreme Court case, should have gone back and, and went after costs. And she, she should have gone after costs. She, and she should have asked for it personally. Yeah. But she, was, she didn't treat them the way they should have been treated. Right. And uh, you can't do the you can't treat these people with kick gloves. When you get them in front of a judge, you want to make sure the next time they come before that judge, the judge goes, "Oh, he's doing it to me." Mm-hmm. You know, that's I found that's the best thing. You ask for a consent decree saying yeah. the next time you've done this, it's against the court. So, you know, you can only win these battles so many times and keep going back to court for things. And eventually, the court starts to rewrite the right to know any law. You give right. the court uh, an opportunity; they're going to rewrite the law the way they want it. So you're best off to. Make sure your cases are rock solid and punish these people at the ballot box if you can. And here in New Hampshire, in Massachusetts, you have, a, I mean, I'm sorry, in Manchester, you have a golden opportunity, opportunity to teach eight people the right to know law through the ballot box. Right. No judge can mess with you. No <laughs> attorney can mess with you. Yeah. You know, and that, that, the, and for everyone to know, that's. Ward 1, Sarah Ambrosi, who, by the way, when she was chairman of the Coordination Committee, kept secret the two year contract deals that they worked out. With the um, with the prior administration, which was a big departure from protocol, and after they came out in non-public session and voted to approve the contracts, they refused to release them, and I had to fight that on a right-to-know request. So that's Ambrosi, that's uh, Leslie Want in Ward 4, that's Dan Bergeron in Ward 6, Nancy Tessier, who unfortunately is unopposed, it's uh, Erica Connors in Ward 8, it's uh, uh, John Avard in Ward 10, Kate DeRozier in Ward 11, and... Um, uh, Connie Van Houten in Ward Twelve. You can write in somebody else's name. You can vote for the other person if there's you know if there's no yep. candidate against them. Or in the case of the at-large race, you can just give me a bullet vote, not vote for her, and send a message. Send right. A message. And, uh, we have to. Speaking of messages, we have to go to station ID because we've run through all of our messages and message time here in this hour. As always, thanks for being with us. Cnht.org. That's cnht.org.